Hello, hello. How's it going? I was just trying to stay on top of what your uh, your Phoenix Suns are doing on uh, NBA draft night. I knew that's what uh, you would be doing this evening. No, I, I was uh, finishing up season two of Parenthood tonight. Oh. So uh, you un yeah you, you unleash the beast, and now yeah to get up to that Thanksgiving episode that we were planning on doing initially. We just started watching Parenthood, so that'll be my life for the next two weeks at least for us to get through all seven seasons. I mean, we can still do that episode. Uh, I did not <laughs> no, come. I did not come prepared. I did tell my wife that, and she actually got kind of excited. <laughs> Same with mine. <laughs> but, but since I'm a, a lesser husband than you, I was like, I'm just watching the one, just the one. <laughs> well, that it's that that show. I it's. Um, there's a lot of things in there that hit really close to home. So it's always tough for me to watch that one. Hmm. Okay. Um, from my memory of it, cause I have seen more than a, a few episodes. Welcome to our episode on the big chill, by the way. <laughs> so what do you think? If you'd been in touch with him, you could have saved his life that kind of effect on the people in your life keep them all jolly do you wise up folks we're all alone out there and tomorrow we're going out there again i think it was damn straight of alex not to cook up some neat phony reader's digest condensation of his screwed up life for our entertainment i am so sick of people selling their psyches for a little attention he was classier than that yeah it was a real classy act he pulled in the bathtub hey you know, for some people, it isn't a question of why to kill yourself, but why not? Oh, Nick, give me a break. Spare us the tragic existential pose. Sorry, Sam, didn't mean to get into your area. Uh, come on now, guys. Uh, we're all friends here. This is a well-known dynamic. I've seen it a million times. Some people ease the pain of separation by denigrating a relationship. You're so deep. I think Michael's right. I feel shitty about ten different ways tonight. I don't want to let any of this go. That's healthy. The only way to avoid pain like that is to pretend you don't care. I know I've left more places than you'll ever go to. Give him your pose line, Sam. There's the existential man for you. You're one tough cookie, aren't you? I could say you're one cold, manipulative, using guy, and it wouldn't bother you a bit. I'm deeply hurt. Well, at least our last night's going to be a fun one. Please don't do this, guys. This is happening because we all really miss him, and we're really hurting. I think that's a crock of shit. I think we're afraid just the opposite is true. Alex died for most of us a long time ago. I think you're a crock of shit. Don't speak for me or anybody else here. You hate your life. That's your problem. Don't tell us how we feel, okay? That's it. That's all I'm saying. If I hate my life, that's my problem. Too bad went around to comfort Alex just as compassionately. Hey, Nick. And we go back a long way. And I'm not going to piss that away because you're higher than a kite. Wrong. A long time ago, we knew each other for a short period. You don't know anything about me. It was easy back then. No one ever had a cushier birth than we did. It's not surprising our friendship could survive that. It's only out here in the world that it gets tough. Nick. I don't care what you say. I know I loved you and everybody else here. And I'll go on believing that till I kick. Parenthood and Dreamcast, and that's it. That's all we're covering um, Yeah, Chris uh, is binging it. I'm speaking uh, from ignorance, but uh, listen to me talk. Um, that's weird, because from what I remembered from it was like, oh, this is like a fantasy of like... <laughs> family life and i know there are things that happen but uh like most shows about i guess like extended family uh i just could never get over the fact of how like involved they are in each other's lives um there's not a lot of outside connection from the braverman clan it doesn't seem that is one thing that i one complaint that i have about it that they're all married, but you don't really see anybody else's family no, other than theirs. Just the brave so, ones. It's like you. Yeah. It's like Scientology or something. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> you 
we're Braverman now, and fuck the outside world. We keep it all like all the family business in house. Um, because I, I mean, well, especially in COVID time, I'm like, fuck, I don't even know what my family's doing right now. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, and when they ask me how I'm doing, I say, download my podcast if you want to keep up with my life. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, how, how does that, <laughs> this is pretty much the warmth I was expecting for you <laughs> with your loved ones, but how is that working this time when people really are searching for those human connections mm. and your responses download? <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I put enough of myself out there in the world. I mean, I've got 50 shows, so you can get every detail of my life if you want to piece it together. Like, if I had, like, if I had family that cared as much as, like, the Marvel fanboys do about that, (laughs) who go through every trailer and every bit of news... Yeah. This is far more complicated than any multiverse that they've come up with yet. Trying to keep up with the Denison verse. Mm. It's just, there's too much. Too much material. I mean, I feel like I have definitely elevated the uh, cinematic universe form in, in podcasting, but um the numbers don't reflect that. And it used to <laughs> it used to be on uh War Machine versus Warhorse. I whatever plan that I, I stopped paying for a long time ago i could actually see geographically like <laughs> what parts of the world and i remember kentucky it was like three and i think it was <laughs> i think all of those were me just using various apps just testing to see yeah. if it's working on each one of them yeah. yeah um so i knew it was not taking off it was strange though the places that uh we, we had a big canadian audience there for a time which i never could really wrap my head around but um all right, I don't know how to transition to that. It's a big chill, but you actually have got me excited. We need to, uh, before Thanksgiving, get together to do that one episode on uh, parenthood because I now I'm just going to like roll out all of my uh, grievances against my own family and compare them to the, how the Bravermans would handle it. <laughs> Perfect. The big chill, I did. Okay, on that note, there's a transition. I did text my uh, stepmom uh, about this. I took a picture uh with my new iphone that i'm far closer with than any of my family members and uh was testing out the camera uh saying hey sure. I'm, I'm watching the big chill because if memory serves that was like uh one of her favorite movies i Wait, I'm, pump the brakes just a minute is this the same picture that you sent to me of like the the picture that you sent of the ps5 menu yeah and then you just inserted different text to everybody that you were I mean, it would be strange if I if I sent you the exact same text I did my stepmother, but I mean that would probably be more in character with the persona that I'm trying to protect. <laughs> but yeah, Chris, I mean I don't need to take multiple shots here. Like, oh, I need to light this for Maynard, and then you know, how would my stepmom like it? No, I'm just trying to get across information. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Please continue. And uh, that was. That was my earliest memories of this movie is, uh, oh, this is the one that my stepmom uh, plays on VHS, like, all the time. <laughs> and because I, I would remember the soundtrack, uh, much later made fun of, I think, in High Fidelity by uh, Jack Black, um, when they're running over, song, I think, songs to play at their <laughs> own, like, funerals. And I remember it kind of just getting on my nerves as a kid. Because as a kid, you're like, whenever I was looking at the screen... It just seemed like old people just like bitching and moaning and then occasionally dancing awkwardly in the kitchen or do the, doing the dishes together. And I don't know, maybe this is a sign that I matured very fast and then I have very like stunted development because I didn't feel like as an adult <laughs> my opinion changed that much. <laughs> or, I mean, you just had a very wise beyond your years <laughs> impression of this i think is the more accurate <laughs> take on that um yeah similar to you i it was really the soundtrack um i didn't know anybody that was playing this all the time but i think kind of like uh fleetwood max rumors every household in mm. you know mm-hmm. 1982 was issued vinyl copy of this soundtrack as well as you know that album and it just i I remember it being around and being at friends' houses when we, uh, you know, you'd look through the records for something to play. And I just remember this being there. And it wasn't until much later that I actually saw the film. Cause I, well, when did this come out? Well, what year was this film? It was early eighties, right? I wanted to say 82. It looks like 83. So yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
somewhere around there. I figured by the age. Um, so I, I'm assuming I saw this around 88, 89. And which is weird because by then I was watching stuff about people that were an age group that I am now um, or a little bit past it, but I would watch stuff like 30 something. And it was all this weird melodrama that I watched at that age. And which, according even, to uh, Wikipedia, uh, this was a great influence on 30 something, I guess. Uh, it says here that there actually was a, a television series called Hometown, which was a direct adaptation of The Big Chill. Huh. And when that failed, uh, I guess, was it Ed Zwick? Is that who did 30-something? I think so, yeah. I think they just said, fuck it, we'll just rip it off and repackage it. <laughs> <laughs> did their own version. <laughs> I actually think I think I tried to watch 30-something. I feel like I had this conversation with you because I think you're the only other human that's ever brought up 30-something <laughs> to me. And like almost 10 years ago, I think it came on Amazon Prime and I'm like, oh yeah, that was like a big show, like Twin Peaks or something in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, no, aren't those like, to me at least, those are the two biggest things that I know by name from that time period that I never experienced. And you know what? I'm going to put them on the same category, Chris, because I watched the pilot for both and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get either one. I think both of those shows were done in two seasons. Uh, oh, Twin wow. Peaks. Hmm. Twin Twin Peaks was only on ABC for two seasons, um, and then it just had season three. What thirty five years later, thirty years later, something yeah, like that yeah. on uh, Showtime. And I definitely don't so, want to experience that in the age of Twitter, like people live tweeting <laughs> Twin Peaks. That was that was horrible. I'm glad that I'm glad we're past that. Much like <laughs> much like the Trump years, I'm glad that is behind us. <laughs> Same thing. But and, and I don't remember 30 something being around for very long it, it wasn't quite the disaster of cop rock but I, uh, it was cop rock i only know that by <laughs> but like boy we do stupid <laughs> things us humans sometimes <laughs> it, it's the there were this many successful people in a room had to put the stamp of approval on that. Mm. And nobody even thought like, Hey, you know, I'm just going to raise my hand and be the one person says, you guys all realize this is a really fucking dumb idea, but no, no, nobody did. Cause, uh, was it NYPD blue was such a big hit. They'd let him do anything. Yeah. Let's just do that in musical form. That's the same thing. Not because people, <laughs> Pretty just, much, yeah. people can't get enough of, uh, Dennis Franz's ass. That's, <laughs> that's not the, <laughs> what did it. Let's go musical. I just want to remind people again, this is an episode on the big chill and we're talking about cop rock. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is, it's a, uh, someone told me once, a listener, that our, like, rating system, like, you know, we, we keep pushing this human centipede thing that we need to, like, hire an independent artist to give us for this <laughs> website. And we always pimp this out on an audio format. I don't know why we're so excited about the visuals of it. Uh, I think our listeners have a good visual of our rating system for going by the human centipede. But I remember a listener saying, like, yeah, I can tell back when you and I did new releases sometimes, Chris, uh, the direction you're going, but how quickly you both deviate to anything else. Anything else that the other one brings up, you're like, okay, let's do 10 minutes on Cop Rock. <laughs> We're talking about a seminal film of the 80s, like The Big Chill. And I'm trying to, like, see, because I, I actually pulled up Letterbox on it, and according to what I'm seeing, it has a 3.5 on Letterbox, which... What's the... Is that out of four? Or out five? of five. I wouldn't okay. say that's that surprising based on the, what I would assume be the demographic for, like, Letterboxd to skew much <laughs> younger. Uh, but then I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, only a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. So is this, like, one of those populist things that I convinced myself was critically acclaimed? I I mean, I was seven at the time. Come on, you gotta so, play uh, your character that you've been around. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do remember that year at the uh, the Oscars. It was nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Soundtrack, and that was it. But yeah, you know, we had a rough night. I was up. I'd been trying to quit smoking for about three or four years. At that point, it wasn't quite taking... Jeremiah was a bullfrog, didn't do it for you. Bookended. No. It's fucking bookended by that Man, stupid I, stuff. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about the needle drops because that's what this is probably best known for. Mm -hmm. The last 20 minutes of this movie, 
they just keep coming. It feels like they just had all these Motown songs they had access to, and they had to get them all in. I'm sure that's where the money was. Like they're like, God damn it. (laughs) We acquired the rights to that. We're going to make a kick-ass soundtrack. But I just like, I, I guess I, you know, like we started this conversation, like, Oh, it's the music, right? I just had forgotten. And I, I'd seen this at least once. Uh, as an adult, and the only way I know that, Chris, is because I did a podcast on it. <laughs> That's the only way <laughs> I remembered. Uh, I don't know. I felt like I did it with JFK for some reason. I actually should go back and listen to what my skewed mind was doing like five years ago, but um, I forgot just how much they rely on the music to get us from meandering scene yeah. to meandering scene. Like, it's just a hang movie. And is this like, you know, before Linklater comes along to like make it cool where they're like, we don't have the confidence in getting these actors together and just talking. So uh, have them dance for a little bit. So (laughs) is that's really surprising because Lawrence Kasdan seems like somebody who would feel comfortable. And with this cast that would, do you think that's a studio thing or do you think that's something where they just, I couldn't imagine having this cast in a room and not feeling like there would have been plenty of room to let them just own it without having the, when a man loves a woman drop, we had already gotten it. Thank you for being that on the nose mm. with, with, with the uh, song placement. Yeah. So, I, I definitely uh, enjoy a, a nice long gaze from Glenn close with that, that musical cue. She thinks I'm going to pimp out my husband tonight. He's going to plant his seed elsewhere. You know, I had forgotten about that element and how oh, I had not. That, that is something that really does tie in with this. We're, we're doing this. Apparently this very specific genre of film that this podcast has become where it's 30 to 50 something smoking pot on a weekend where that's dangerous. Apparently uh-huh. and listening, listening to oldies music. And wife swapping. Mm. I, is I, there anything more that we can add to this at this point? Or is it just like a trilogy? Well, we started with, uh, hey, Katie Holmes. Uh, let's go yeah. from the ice storm to uh, Wonder Boys, which I guess, thankfully, Michael <laughs> Douglas, uh, he steals another man's wife. But otherwise, yeah. actually, you know, it's poor form for this month. Uh, Michael Douglas is not offering to swap. He's just taking. <laughs> I'll just take Francis McDormand and give you nothing in return. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Klein in particular, I'm wondering if we could have done like an entire trilogy box set with him uh, pulling that off. <clears throat> I guess it's more, is it, it's, it's perceived as like cuter here. But to me, it's far more terrifying than the ice storm because it's, Hey, uh, close friend of mine, uh, I'll allow my husband to get you pregnant. And then we're probably going to interact with this child too, in some capacity. I don't know. It just, you know, if it was just like a how Stella got her groove back type thing, like I've not been laid in a while, I think I would be far more comfortable with that than let me give you a child and we'll still be in their lives somehow. I don't know. It just seems if I'm Kevin Klein, it seems a little bit traumatic to me. So I'm much more or, into the the ice storm version of this, where you get drunk and make a fool of yourself. <laughs> so if you were to be, um, you related so much to Kevin Klein's character, yes. In the other film, mm-hmm. this is now in this one. There's no moment where he's sitting uncomfortably on the bed after being dumped. In fact, it's kind of the opposite, where he's been accepted by multiple women and is seen as the ideal man. That's the Kevin Klein that you just can't. Get I can't. Behind. Yeah. Well, did you see the shorts? That he's jogging in, like that uh, first. I, how can you unsee that? That was obscene, it? and I'm wondering if that's why the women just think he's freely available because he's just presenting himself <laughs> to the entire town. There's a little shift in your perceptions of the world. Remember, you're responsible for another living thing. Oh, it's wonderful, but it's a huge commitment. It has nothing to do with legal names and legal obligations. I'm sorry, Meg. I'd, I'd love to help you, but I can't. You know, you're something. I love you. Meg, really, I no, can't. No, no, I accept that. I mean, I really love you. You're a nice person. Yeah? Yeah. Really? 
So you want to fuck? And you uh, have these... <laughs> Nobody else has any of this. So they're all, uh, I guess, just college uh, alumni here that have mm-hmm. stayed that closely bonded. And I think I had a harder time with that as well. Because it... <laughs> well, the, William Hurt calls that out, that they were separated, that they weren't as close as... Uh, they were all pretending to be that it had been allowed. He <laughs> still shows together. up. Like... I, I was going to, well, I, that's where I was thinking you were in the film. I, I think that you would be William Hurt <laughs> bitching about it, but still showing up the whole time. Oh, I, I imagine that being you at your 20 year. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish, I mean, I don't want his, uh, impotence, I guess that he has, <laughs> I'd rather avoid that. Um, and I guess the only way to do that is to to let things breathe easily, like Kevin Klein is doing, <laughs> <laughs> or not go to, to Vietnam where you you suffer this weird injury uh, that only affects his his penis. But um, no, I don't. Uh, he's you know I mentioned Linklater earlier. He's very much like the uh, the sort of asshole character. I think you and I did uh, Suburbia, right? For, for an mm-hmm. episode on, on uh, War Machine versus Wars. And it's like, he's very much, I guess, in a more palatable Nicky Cat kind of role here, <laughs> where he just says something kind of smart and I, bitter. I, I, I won't say he's that much more palatable. Uh, he's <laughs> okay. just he's, a, he's an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. There's like, it's it's one thing, you know, who's the asshole that you can, with? it's Jeff Goldblum, is an asshole in this also, but he's witty enough that he pulls it off. William Hurt just is, just a prick. My wife found Jeff Goldblum uh, extremely creepy. And yeah, exactly. I uh, I asked because I said uh, we actually both of us. I'll throw her under the bus here. <laughs> we were both looking at this like, man, the uh, the women here kind of kind of like rough customers in this time. Like Glenn Close, I think it's probably iconic for like the horrible eighties haircut. Cause unfortunately for her, <laughs> a lot of her more famous roles, like the big chill, uh, <laughs> fatal attraction. I actually think it works in fatal attraction. I like that yeah. sort of crazy curly hair. Cause I think it's an extension of the, uh, violence that she's about to enact on, <laughs> on Douglas it, proper. It's not, it's not a warm or soft haircut. No, that's for sure. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, is this one instance where like, you know, the, the men are more generally appealing than the women here? And no, no. Goldblum takes that. That's where she went. She said he is so bad that he is so like unappealing. And I even like started bringing up like Jurassic Park. I'm like, well, what about when he's got the longer hair, uh, the glasses are off and he's shirtless. He's like literally leaning into, uh, being a sex symbol by, by posing in such a manner and all she said was, I don't remember that and don't show it to me. <laughs> so. you know, that's, that, this is the advantage of not being on Twitter or mm-hmm. at least the part of Twitter that we're on. Mm-hmm. Because you and I, we see that image probably once Constantly. a day. Constantly. Yeah. A minimum at this point, now that it's slowed, slowed down a little bit. I, I had no memory of that scene. It's not something that stood out in my mind mm-hmm. pre-internet. So it just wasn't something that I really had dialed into at that moment. And I think that that was a better world before I was aware of that shot constantly. So that when I watch that movie with my, my kids, with my boys, that, that I'm, there's a part of me that's like, Oh, this part's coming up now. It's almost like, okay, the the jaws is about to jump out of the water. I know it's going to happen here. So I thought you were about to say that you, um, admired the position my wife is in not necessarily that she uh is married to me and has to go to bed with me but that i do i do admire her bravery in that regard yes well yeah especially when i put on the klein shorts uh it is it's definitely business time i don't bother with lighting i don't tell the google home to play this song i just put on those shorts and just let gravity do its do its work there i thought you were going to say that you (laughs) would want to trade places with her because you often are in the unfortunate position where i'm like hey chris I'm going to show you something and then we're going to talk about it next week where she just said, I don't want to see it. Don't show it to me. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that was the nature of our relationship for a very long time. And now it feels like this incarnation um, is more for, it, it 
changes week to week where we're just having a conversation, something comes up, it's natural. And every, and then other times it feels like it's revenge mm, for what yeah. I did to you last week. So there is yeah, sometimes guess... a count of Monte Cristo element to this where <laughs> <laughs> depending on what I've watched, but the, I, so the big chill was your pick, right? I think mm-hmm. you, you suggested yeah. this and it's, it is keeping in our, uh, Katie Holmes is not a good enough actress. So abandon ship, go to Kevin Klein. Uh, and it did it did well, come up naturally. Who's your Katie Holmes surrogate? In the Big Chill. Mm-hmm. Oh, like which of these actors would I say? Yeah, which would be the performance that you're like there? Huh. Good enough. Who's the serviceable? Uh, who's the serviceable ficus? <laughs> uh, would it be? Would Meg Tilly be the Katie Holmes part in this one? If we were, she would be the part, but I don't think that I think Meg Tilly is actually. I'm surprised that she's as good as she is here. I don't remember seeing her in many other things that she plays this way. So I actually think she's really good here. I would say performance level for me would be Joe Beth Williams is the one. Hmm. Um, there's, yeah, there's a yeah. whole thing where she's she's with the you know the fuddy duddy husband who's not a part of their group, and he <laughs> the only thing he really does is he. And I, I feel like it's kind of unfair to the character is uh, <laughs> Klein and one of the other ones, I think probably the one that she wants to sleep with the Tom Berenger character, uh, the successful, like, uh, I guess it would be like the Tom Selleck guy. He's yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. The mustache. And yeah. The, uh, Magnum PI yeah. kind of show these on, they get up and the fuddy duddy is up. <clears throat> I don't know what he's doing. Is he like fucking buttering toast or what? He's just sitting in the darkness in the kitchen <laughs> by himself in the middle of the night eating with his pajamas on. Uh, not freeballing it like uh, Klein would. And then he proceeds to be like, well, I didn't know your friend, Mr. Kevin Costner, who killed himself. Uh, but let me make a pointed comment on, you know, the, his failings <laughs> as a human, how he came to that. I'm like, why, why, Kasten, did you need to do that? So analytical. Sometimes you just have to let art flow over you. I'm hungry. I had this really dirty dream. Is it about Karen? Why do you say that? Why should anything have changed? You're the one she always wanted. In the old days, I wasn't emotionally equipped to satisfy her. Now, as we know, the equipment doesn't work at all. Why do we have to talk about that? Come on, kid, you with me. She found what she was looking for in Richard. Yep. Hmm. Be careful what you want, young lady. <laughs> you will you surely will get, get it. it. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Richard. What are you doing up? Why didn't you come in? I didn't realize anybody else was up. Uh, I've been thinking about your friend Alex. Did you ever meet him? No. Karen's told me some. I'm imagining mostly. Never make it through the night. Insomnia, Karen doesn't even know it. You might have something that could help you sleep. No, thanks. No. I don't really mind it so much. Sometimes when my family's asleep, I just sit downstairs alone and it's so quiet. I hate not being able to sleep, but I don't really mind the time alone. Sometimes I think the thing about kids is their instant priorities. You know you have to protect them and provide for them and... Sometimes it means your life isn't exactly the way you want it to be. There's some asshole at work you have to kowtow to, and sometimes you find yourself doing things you never really thought you'd ever do. But you try to minimize that stuff and be the best person you can be. But you set your priorities, and that's the way life is. I wonder if your friend Alex knew that. One thing's for sure, he couldn't live with it. I know I shouldn't talk. You guys knew him. I... But the thing is, nobody said it was going to be fun. At least nobody said it to me. That's some pretty bad writing, I yeah. think, because you have to forgive Joe Beth Williams for the way that she acts. Cause by every other measure, he's a decent guy that treats her well. They have a family together and she's bored. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but exactly. I think it would, have been, it would have been a much more honest move, and I would have, I think, felt more comfortable with the film in a way. Um, I would have disliked her more um, as opposed to disliking the film more, which I think is a better reaction, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and, you know, I'm not going to... What am I going to hold it against her that she wants to, uh, I guess, consummate this long flirtation in a, in a moment where, you know, they're, they're all trying to feel <clears throat> closer to each other again and try to make sense and work through this, this pain. Uh, you, you don't need the, the, the boring husband who's not as sexually appealing as Magnum PI to then also <laughs> kind of be an oblivious prick as well. And just, <laughs> well, See, if we were in this situation, we would be just running questions at Magnum PI at Tom Selleck mm. the whole weekend. And so we recording would have been everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a podcast, it didn't happen. If it's if it's not a podcast, Maynard, and I'm in this house, um I probably say three words. You know, I just <laughs> I don't participate and, unless they have the camera on me with their little fake and, television show. So who would be the modern equivalent of the Tom Selleck right now? Um, if you're going away for the weekend with your college buddies, and then it turns out somebody that your wife went to school with, um, and th this guy is there, who's that guy going to be now? Somebody who's in there, you know, late thirties, early forties, someone in that range. Who, who's the guy that would be your, um, Loki. Hmm. I would think it, it'd have to be like a TV actor, right? Someone that's not, because uh, it seems like the way they set up his character is that he's not, uh, what he's doing is to some degree beneath him, but also like, it seems really embarrassing when he's around this group of friends from college that he's, he's doing that type of work, even though he, ha he has to be the most financially successful of any of them. Uh, it could be, an. Uh, I think it could be that, or it could be somebody that's doing the Marvel franchise stuff. Mm -hmm. Somebody that actually had, you could have a Benedict Cumberbatch, somebody who has legitimate talent. Oh, and you go, what are you doing over there, buddy? So yeah. that, that kind of, you could, you could have a, a Mark Ruffalo and where people, people keep coming up and asking for the Hulk's autograph. So I guess so, that could be to answer your question, uh, since you're, you're steering me in that direction. Uh, let me just say for the record, cause I know everyone's <laughs> know. If I if I must uh, pimp my wife out uh, in, a, in a moment of trauma where one of her friends, uh, much like Kevin Costner, has killed him or herself, uh, God help me, uh, I am saying a hard no on Benedict Cumberbatch of Sherlock. That is unbecoming for both of us. But uh, you can Mark count on Ruffalo, me. That's Mark that's Ruffalo, I'd have a lot of questions to her for my podcast. <laughs> Is he as hairy as that I, I've dreamed that he is? If it, if it was Chris Evans, I, I might try to take my wife's place in the middle of the night. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I think out of all the Marvel superheroes, that would be the only one. Yeah, I mean, well, the Chris Evans. Uh, no, no, I was going to say Cumberbatch. The rest of them, it's a go. Like hundred percent, maybe not Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, not him. He's 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 a bit much. Um, I, I mean, you're getting into if you really want to get into the weeds, like do you even allow bit players like John Favreau in there, like, to, to, as, as Tony Stark's bodyguard or whatever? Um, or has that just become its own strange dinner for five episode where you just join in the bedroom? <laughs> The sexiest episode of Dinner for Five. <laughs> See, that's a That'd show. I wonder if they've got a, a Thanksgiving episode I can look up on YouTube and we can just talk about the conversation that they have. I, I sent a, a clip recently on a, a podcast directed by uh, Dave. I don't remember how it came up, but uh, it was one, one of the many times that you and I would reference Kevin Smith. It was mm -hmm. an episode he was on for like the Daredevil promotional tour. Like they had oh, Affleck, Garner, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. And I she like goes episode. off on Kevin Smith. Like it's a fantastic mm -hmm. episode. She's not charmed by him at all. 
No, but it would be like if you and I were, you know, when this this pandemic's over and we ever get to to you know make that trip out west to hang out with you, if you and I were like busting each other's balls talking about like which which Chris from the Avengers would we fuck, it would be like if my wife was appalled, you know, started attacking you, <laughs> and you can tell Smith is so taken aback. He's like, "What? Are you, this is how I talk to Ben Affleck. Like he's not Affleck to me." He's the he's like the the anal uh, rapist from Mallrats to me. That's how I see him. <laughs> he's no daredevil here. Uh, yeah, she's totally totally out of place in that uh, that world. Brown. I'm trying to let it slowly fade out of the red thing. I had it red for this movie. I hate it. <clears throat> I hate looking at myself. It lowers my self esteem further in the mornings. I wake up. <laughs> then you can read the nice It must be tough to wake up and be you every morning. It, like oh. <laughs> God. I don't want that. Am I gonna fuck today? <laughs> I'm glad, glad to see you back. It's out. I got more data. <laughs> he presses a button. Bring, bring in three. <laughs> three what? Who? Whatever. Male, female. Just, midgets. <laughs> three midgets. I'm feeling very dirty today. This combination of trannies and whatnot. It's been bring a while since you've had the clapped up. Have them washed and bring them to me. I Grill. Look, he's a nice guy. I know I've worked with him a few times. Yeah, that's right. This is a battle scar. What happened? Yeah, so what happened on your chin there? I don't think Dave was as big of a fan of it as you like see i, I tell <laughs> this is the difference i guess I, I tell it to you and you're like oh fantastic episode and i remember that part <laughs> <laughs> well that i mean I, I think it makes sense that people that have gotten a kick out of this nerdy bullshit that we do um that we used to that that was really in a lot of ways the first film podcast that mm, you would have yeah. where it was just a very loose open conversation about movies that would go all over the place and they'd break it down into different segments. It wasn't focused like that. And <laughs> that's similar to what we do here with. Um, so wait a minute, yeah, let me no. interject here. So yeah. are, you, are you saying that <laughs> the more successful film podcasters uh, did not learn the lessons sitting at, at the knee of uh, Papa Favreau and that we are the true heirs to the form and that we're like, you know what? You just cut it up into little segments. We're like, all right, now we're going to talk about parenthood again. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get it's, back it's to the, the big same chill. three segments every week. <laughs> parenthood, Kevin Smith, and Kevin Klein now, apparently. At least Kevin Klein's got, you know, he's he's got a storied career i guess we could we could find some other stuff i don't know if they're going to be we may be running out of the actually there is one and you know what shout out to dave as much as i make fun of him uh on that show uh which is much lesser than what we do here uh he did tell me that there's a terrible kevin klein movie where there is i think wife swapping i think it's called consenting adults so it's about cheating in some capacity oh my god is that i think that's a that's a fertility movie isn't it? I, I have no idea. I, I think I think it's basically picking up if I, I if I'm remembering this correctly. Which if you go back to my Michael Douglas poll with Wonder Boys thing, <laughs> <laughs> there's a real good chance this is off. Uh -huh. There used to be a time when I would start Google searching this stuff and I'd have IMDb open the entire time, so I would have something a little bit more accurate. But that just that ended. As I remember it, I think that film was essentially starting at that place in the Big Chill where they have sex that night um, and then they keep going back to it um, to try to get pregnant because it doesn't take the first time. And then other things develop from there. I think that's how that started. That film. I'm just Could be wrong, seeing if it's streaming so we can keep our uh, Klein cast uh, alive. Um, and also well, it's either, ooh. we could go to Silverado. Well, considering we could, adults has, is this a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm going to pull us back to the big chill just momentarily because I had this cube earlier. Uh, Ebert initially gave this film a two and a half out of uh, four stars. 
Uh, calling it a splendid technical exercise. It has all the right moves, so Ebert was into Ooh. it. Oh, uh, no. It knows all the right words. Its characters have all the right clothes, uh, expressions, fears, lust, blah, blah, blah. But there's no payoff, and it doesn't lead anywhere. Um, I thought at first this was a weakness of the movie, but there's also the possibility that it's just the movie's message. I don't know, Ebert. I think it's kind of a weak review, and I, I was hoping for something a little more hard-hitting there, because I also found it kind of middling, but um, I wonder where, like, did Ebert, did he like this type of film? This, just These sort of hang movies? Because that, that's where I'm coming from. I, I love hangout movies. And he was I'm, very positive on Slacker. Okay. And so if you're, if you're positive on that, then I'm assuming <laughs> that's an, the epitome of that. So, yeah. That's about as not focused hangout. There's no point to the whole film as you get. Maybe it's because this one is attempting to do the what does it all mean kind of thing that gets on well, my nerves a little bit more. If I mean, if the the thing that's the catalyst of the film that's getting everybody back together again it is suicide, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. Um in that way, because the questions that the characters are asking, they're not going to be satisfying in any way because you can't make a film that gets its head around that. And the film doesn't even seem interested in doing that anyway. So it, I, I don't know. It, I personally, I would rather watch Dreamcatcher than the, the, I think that deserves a criterion disc more than the big chill. You're, you're really taking the big swing there uh, at the, the, the letterboxed review, <laughs> something <laughs> pithy and insulting <laughs> to this. But I, I, I legitimately enjoy that movie though. I do prefer dream. I feel like you brought it up Joel. a lot and much like, you know, the things I bring up to my wife in the bedroom where she's like, another time. <laughs> that's how I am with you. Where I'm like, yeah, I know. I know you're really enthusiastic, but uh, maybe later, <laughs> like maybe, maybe never. Cause I've seen <laughs> dream catcher. I, I remember that experience. I was, I'm just more of a Mumford guy, Chris, if I'm going to go to, to, Casting that you know something that nobody likes. If, I'll go with if Mumford. you're going to cast in Jason Lee, that, that's where you should hang. Yeah, you know, yeah, Kevin Smith. I have never seen the Accidental Tourist, and that has been recommended to me, so I should probably get around to that. I actually like that one. That's a good. Uh, okay, it's been a long time, but yes, I do remember enjoying that. Grand Canyon. I, I feel like is that like an, I love. I loved Grand Canyon. So that, that was uh, that was a laser disc for me. I, I oh, owned shit. that one for okay. yeah. But that that's probably like an attempt to go back to the big chill for him, right? Like, you know, you're going to ask the big questions. It's going to be, I think it's different than strangers being connected, but uh, it does have that kind of corniness to it. So it never feels like it sort of, I, but I don't, I never felt, at least I didn't at the time. It's as heavy handed, despite the fact that it is taking bigger swings I think the Grand Canyon, the Grand Canyon is um, with the individual little character arcs that they're having, but it's more comfortable letting the audience figure out those things as opposed to really a lot of, I, I, maybe it's just the music cues and some of the writing where it's just so on the nose that I feel like that this movie doesn't have that kind of competence. So I feel like he revisited that territory as a course correction. You basically need, if my memory serves right from that film, uh, in the big chill, you need a Steve Martin who yes. is sort of jolted awake by the suicide in the big chill of his friend, questions everything he's done, and then comes to the conclusion, <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> As I am. That's me, Chris. That's <laughs> more than William Hurt. I want to be Steve Martin from Grand Canyon. As anyone my age would naturally say, that is the touchstone film. <laughs> not being Clint Eastwood, not, not being the outlaw Josie Well, no, uh, Steve Martin from Grand Canyon. That was. Uh, I also just did look up consenting adults to see what else I'm missing about it, and Kevin Spacey's in it. So, uh, I, I guess that's that's probably also contributing to it not being the greatest rewatch now. I'll let it. <laughs> That only comes to mind because I remember when I uh, saw the the Big Kahuna, which is a like forgotten uh, Kevin no, Spacey I, movie. Uh, Kevin Spacey, Danny DeVito, they're all in the hotel room. Yeah, I loved that movie. My it's and my favorite character from uh, Can't Hardly Wait, the bully uh, playing uh, 
a super religious. Funny right, the, the, the bartender. Yeah. I remember thinking like, wow. Uh, and this is me. I watched it in theaters in high school, which tells you something I, I, about my so high school life. We were the, <laughs> <laughs> so we were the, we were the ticket sales. I was yes. the West coast. Total when you were the East Coast. Yes, we were fifty percent of the the box office. You know, by God, if I could have contributed in the Midwest, I would have driven out to to see it. But uh, I think it only came to the dollar movies. But I remember in high school looking at the Kevin Spacey character, thinking like, "My God, that's the closest I've ever seen myself on film." And (laughs) it's maybe less of a compliment to the Spacey character because it's like he's a grown man and I'm a teenager, and I'm like overbearing. Uh, you know, there's not enough oxygen in the room for me to spout off my opinion and my stories, all of that. And I thought like, well, I need to check myself or that really nice guy that I love from Can't Hardly Wait is going to put me in a chokehold one day for being too too overbearing. (laughs) (laughs) And I may not have Danny DeVito around to, you know, take up for me, but, uh, I I was, I was only in my twenties and I already felt like Danny DeVito. I, that doesn't surprise me as I was doing this little bit. I'm like, yeah, Maynard is my DeVito. (laughs) His fantasy is sitting on the balcony of this, (laughs) this penthouse suite. And then just jumping off, like after having a nice cigar, um, (laughs) with such a smile on his face. Um, that's a movie. That's, that's a big chill movie for me is those, those three, but I'm with you. I don't think I'll be able to convince my stepmom that the big kahuna is actually better than the big chill. <laughs> oh, well, we did our big chill episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please let that be the outro. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I look at the Scott Cohen, I'm like, oh, there's 40 minutes. That's the episode. (laughs) I think at one point you had to pull us back in because it would have been 30 something. (laughs) At one point, I really, we need to have the balls because no one cares It's not like watching the movies helps this podcast at all. No. Just to title it that, talk about whatever the fuck we want for a half hour, and say, "Yep, there, there was our big Kahuna podcast." I've, you know, I've wondered that too because <laughs> I get angry when I look at, you know, I'll, I'll try out different movie podcasts and now I'll look at their titles and I'm like, man, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like, because it won't. They won't have a, like, I guess, uh, jumping on or off point as far as, like, it's going to be about, um, you know, Josie Wells and Westerns, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's giving you an out saying, like, okay, they're going to talk about other shit related to this. But, you know, they'll have something cutesy, which is probably, like, a line or a joke from yeah. the episode itself. And it's funny to me because that is such, like, a turnoff on me <laughs> trying the show. But you're right. If someone clicked on this and they're like, okay, the big chill, <laughs> and then we listen to it, we would be better served by just putting a cutesy title or a joke because that's more honest about what it is. See, the thing is, we're making good on what those, the titles of those other podcasts. <laughs> they're far more like structured and polished, uh, and we were guilty of that for a long time. Ooh, yeah, it was. Uh, I haven't listened to any of those episodes and. Well, probably since I edited them, like it's very rare that I'll go back and listen to something specific. Now, this one, like the on uh, Marcus played with Hiro, he got mad at me because um, we're supposed to find a podcast talking about a film or topic and then put a little sampler like, oh, you should listen to this episode because these guys are geniuses. <laughs> he wanted to do Adventureland, which I disagreed with because I, I was like, I did that a year ago with Maynard. So my way of being spiteful was to use a clip of our conversation. And anytime I thought like I made this point better, I just sent him clips talking and to his credit, he included it on the show. So it's just me saying like, actually about a year ago, I made this point, roll the tape. (laughs) Which if you're you're a new listener, if you're a new listener, you're like, what an asshole. Like, it's not enough that he's done a podcast on this twice, but he went back and cut out the highlights of his previous conversation. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're both Chuck D and Flavor Flav. You can't do that. <laughs>
so gross. Uh, I mean, I included there was. I was like, well, let me just put in the clip of uh, you talking about Eisenberg's hog, and I didn't realize that was like twenty minutes of like our thirty minute conversation. I'm like, Jesus, how do I cut down the penis talk here? And you can't if you want the full thing. Download projecting I, film. I literally don't remember that at all. We really got into the weeds. The scene <laughs> where Kristen Stewart and him are in the pool, and she gives him a bottle. Oh, yeah, okay. And All then right, we yeah, went yeah. through it like the Subruder film, as far as like how we would handle exiting the pool or not with a boner, and if the, if the film would be better if he had walked around the party with a boner and no one else commenting on it, him knocking over things. <laughs> much better film. <laughs> <laughs> there was very little in the way i think at one point i said the premise of this show is uh or this episode is why did adventureland never become uh like a cult classic or what we consider to be mm. something a lasting thing and we were on that for about two minutes before like so anyway this pull scene <laughs> well i mean look at the two of us <laughs> of course that's going to be what we fixate on <laughs> oh yeah i mean there's there's definitely more trollish things we can do like you know god help us if we we make it to uh like the snyder cut being released i think we should do a whole a whole month on titled episode the snyder cut you know part one part two four whatever it goes to and instead it just it just be a long four-part conversation on us talking about like altman shortcuts instead we make no reference to why we're talking about shortcuts but we can just go ahead and retitle things we've already done let's just repurpose war machine versus warhorse uh, those are man. Those are uh, I, I did that a couple times, and it's like yeah. I think you even said it would just be far easier if we just <laughs> tried to recite from memory our riffs, <laughs> because me trying to cut around the old structure oh. of three movies is like yeah. I could just just Skype Maynard and let's just do forty minutes, and there you go. <laughs> no need. 